Los Nachos, amigos, and welcome back. We're back. Finally. Finally. Uh, to another episode of Record Breakers. I'm Petey Ray, your man with no plan. Uh, here with me, of course, is my crew, my team, my squad. We've got Brett. Uh, Wu-Tang. Uh, we've got Patrick. I missed you guys. And we've got Drew. Hey, I'm excited because I just want to do podcast <laughs> oh, stuff with my friends oh, while they went. I don't yeah, know, I'm not getting it again. Uh, I just want to do podcast stuff with my friends. Uh, we're here to talk about music. Uh, as we do every week, we uh, systematically go around the table, each share an album with each other, see what the other guys think. That's how the Record Breakers uh, podcast works. In case this is your first time, season two of the Record Breakers yes. begins today. Yes. Uh, of course, the provider of the music this week is none other than uh, uh, Patrick. Patrick, what do you got this week? Mm, Patrick. Uh, so this week, continuing our uh, hip-hop month, uh, I'm doing an album by uh, George Watsky, who's better known just as Watsky, and his album Cardboard Castles. Uh, yes. Um, I'll start with Brett. Brett, what were your expectations coming into this album? Uh, I, uh, th- this isn't exactly the kind of music that I, that I frequent in my, my rotation. I had no clue what I was getting into. I was hoping it was going to be more early nineties hip hop. Um, but, uh, <laughs> hip hop took a turn for the modern. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yep. Shrugs. But uh, don't worry. Let me, let me, let me we'll get another couple of uh we'll get another couple of early nineties albums right in a row as a uh spoiler. Uh, those will come to you in June when we can record them next time. <laughs> yes. Uh uh Drew, what were your expectations coming into this album? Well, I went and listened to this uh album out on the curb again so um i was it watsky is somebody that i'm familiar with um the pale kid that may rap fast um i'm familiar with the guy i heck i even have watched some of his stuff from the hbo's deaf poetry uh jam um so this was an album that i was very familiar with i expected some smart hip-hop is what i was expecting yes uh yeah patrick how would you describe this album musically what would be the themes elements so it's it's modern hip-hop with little moments of uh you know spoken word slam poetry sort of shit uh musically it's it's unique in that a lot of the songs feature live instruments as opposed to being sample based there's I, i would say more than a little uh roots influence in that sense there's you know Live drums sometimes as opposed to a drum machine, guitars, horns on occasion. Uh, and Watsky, who so much most rap music is uh, not written by suburban white kids. And uh, Watsky's a suburban white kid. Um, and as someone who <laughs> and as someone who uh, is also a suburban white kid, it's nice to find something in this genre that I can genuinely identify with. And that's not to say anything poor about the rest of hip hop. Cause I like some of that too, but 
I don't know what it was like growing up on the mean streets of Compton. I have no fucking idea, but I do know what it's like to like go to college and, you know, be a white kid and have white kid problems. And, uh, it's, it's that kind it's rap written from a perspective that's a lot closer to my own than is usually readily available. Yes. Uh, Yes, this 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 genre of music is fine and all, but I prefer uh, cater to my genre, my demographic. It's not. It's not. Again, it's not even a a knock on stuff that doesn't cater my gen- my demographic. I like some of that. It's appropriation. Just... How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, apparently I have appropriated the entire genre for liking a white rap guy who's yeah. not named Eminem. Who's not apparently. Snow? Yeah, who's not Snow. <laughs> I, I I would have to inform you. Yes. Lick your um. <laughs> Anytime we can make a reference to Snow, I'm okay. Oh, with oh, that. and and just like for the record, like th- this is not Snow or Vanilla Ice, but it's also not Eminem. It's kind of its own thing. And it's not U.S. Pipe himself. Yes, and it's not U.S. <laughs> pipe himself. Gosh, uh, it's it's need some U.S. pipe up in this bitch. You would you yes. would almost call this not nerdcore but nerdcore adjacent. In, in I don't a know if I call it nerdcore. I would just well, like because he, he doesn't really rap about video games. And shit. That would be the That's, that would be the adjacent the adjacent part. <laughs> yeah, it, so it's Steve' uh, it's, previous statement. He, he does make he does make literary references. Nerdcore's nerd first cousin once removed. Something like that. I don't know. He went to school with those kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, yeah. And yeah, and he's uh, yes. Replace replace video games with literature, and yeah, it's kind of nerdcore. So MC Lars. <laughs> In other words, <laughs> again, nerdcore. Adjacent. Suck it, Trebek. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, suck it, Trebek. Uh, but yeah, Brett, what would be the themes elements that caught your attention on this record? I mean, I'm not a hip hopist. Um, I'm I'm not someone in the genre, but I but I, I imagine my from my outsider view that this is uh, hip hop for people that don't relate to hip hop. Um, but it's not hip hop about superheroes or video games. Um, so it's uh, it's that kind. But it has the you know pretty much the only thing that I could pick out of it that like um, sort of when I thought about it made things make sense was. Man, those vocals sure sound similar to those turn of the millennium emo frontmen, like that uh, that that affectation of uh, of voice still comes through, whether or not you're uh, trying to forget that you're addicted to someone, um, or whether you're a. Th- it, this is this is very this is very 2013, and I, I'll get into that a little more as we get into track by track, but man, if this wasn't date stamped USDA, like on the side of a pig, um, this is definitely of three years ago. (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, yeah, I definitely can see that. Uh, Drew, what would be the themes elements that caught your attention? Well, the thing I like about this, um, being his second studio album, the because a lot of rap is in the lyrics, so I'll start with that. Um, is the whole idea behind most of the lyrics that aren't the funny ones are the hard work that goes into making music, the hard work that goes into touring, the hard work 
that sort of goes into being someone that creates something, but then the joy you get out of that, the, you put something into it and then you can see the immediate results, um, which I very much enjoy. It's, it's something that I remember when he first came on the scene, when the pale kid that raps fast was a viral hit and everybody was like, who is this guy? Like, what is he doing? Um, and sort of that taking off and like watching him ascend and like seeing that and like seeing the work he puts in and then seeing this album, which is him like saying like, yeah, no, like it's, I'm not doing it for a whole hell of a lot, but like, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to take this internet fame and do the Tazon day thing. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to, I'm going to do it without Dr. Pepper. Um, and there's a lot in the beats that I think that are really cool too. Um, it's very, especially the first half of the record is very like drumline inspired. Um, it takes the modern hip hop beat structure, but uses these old school um old school uh drum line marching band sort of sounds to it the rim shots the sort of trumpet sort of sounds there and make something cool out of it which i think is nice um there are uh skits that are funny there are funny uh songs in here and i'm usually not a skit guy but watsky makes it work okay um because he's a spoken word guy so he kind of understands the structure of a comedy skit which is cool and it's just something that i think is cardboard castles in general from the music standpoint like the beats and stuff like that and the lyrics is something that is some one of those bring you up records like if you're into this style of rap it's something that can't you can listen to at an end of a shitty day and sort of like yeah no like this is this is something to that's fun to latch on to i think and that's in his poetry he does that a lot too mm-hmm. uh patrick what would be some of the key tracks to zero in on so um, this is one of those albums where I could do the Drew thing and have something to say about pretty much all of them, but I'll try to, I'll try to, I'll try to hold myself back a little bit. Uh, I'll start with uh, not doing the record breaker thing. Uh, hey asshole, because I love Kate Nash. I was a, I was like, oh my god, Kate Nash is on this hip hop record. What the fuck's gonna happen? And she's got a great hook. But what it really shows is, so Drew mentioned it up ahead, and I'm, I've heard this, but I've never read confirming thing, that Watsky was sort of a marching band kid at some point in his life. And if you listen to his rapping, specifically when he gets fast, it sounds like a snare drum. He's very percussive. He, you know, maybe because of his, you know, being a poetry nerd background, really chooses his words in such a way that it's very, very uh, staccato, and, it, and it's its own sort of drum beat within a song. He kind of treats his mouth like a snare drum. And I just think that's a fun song. Uh, Tiny Glowing Screens, part one, and to some extent, part two. Uh, how many hip-hop songs do you hear that have an acoustic guitar that don't involve Wyclef? Because either Wyclef sort of noodling on acoustic guitar is not a thing you, outside of that, you don't hear it in hip-hop, but this, you know, is, you know, built in part on a on or an acoustic Donald guitar Or Donald Glover uh, using a Grizzly Bear track. Yeah. 
Um, this is this is the second so, hip hop month where we have to talk about why Clef Sean. So yeah, well done. <laughs> I, I'm I'm always okay mention it. There, there were there were Haiti. <laughs> still not president of Haiti. Uh, and this has this really interesting drum break later in the song where basically the the vocals keep going at the same speed, but the drums sort of half time themselves all and sort of makes this weird polyrhythm with the rapping. And I just think it's cool as like a drummer and a music nerd. Uh probably the poppiest song on the record sloppy seconds uh it just has it's one of the songs that has feels in all the right places and it watsky i think what i one of the things i like is it it does really manage to blend rock and pop and hip-hop and not come off sounding you know shitty like new metal or like forced it just sort of bits of all those genres end up thing end up in there and then the title track cardboard castles uh putting the title track all the way next to the last song on the album. And it's, it has this incredible like snare part that is, it's so perfect. And again, it kind of goes down to the, the whole marching, marching snare drum thing that drew mentioned, uh, sort of at the top. And it's, it's like really, really just a good song. And again, like I think it was mentioned, this is like, this is not super negative hip hop. This is maybe taking something from, you know, the time in hip hop where it was about telling stories with rhymes and it very much, uh, that's and kind of his, like wood. <laughs> yeah. And, it, but the notion that like, like there's not a, really there, don't understand. understand. Do yeah. Yeah. There's no diss tracks here. There's no, there's very little of the well, there's a self distract right? yeah, yeah, but there's very little of the usual like like things that a lot of people deride hip hop for in terms of content. This really doesn't have because it's coming from a different place, and it it also is able to not be stuck in all of the you know hip hop tropes it kind of makes its own mm-hmm. uh, Meaning your fidget toy of the day you're not. <laughs> You're not enforcing proper trigger discipline when you're <laughs> pointing it at, at a person. Be careful, Captain Nerf. Uh, Do not point a gun at anything you are not willing to destroy. Yes. And don't post it on Reddit. <laughs> uh, PD, that was the most emo thing I think you've ever done. <laughs> uh, this coming from the top left square and not the bottom left square is really weird to me. <laughs> uh... Brett, the temporary resident for for a little while of the bottom left square before Skype moved you around again. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, what were the themes? What were what were some of the key tracks for you? What were, what were some of the tracks that caught your attention? All right, the ones that I can talk about because I can make words about them and I wrote them down. Uh, let's let's go with fireworks first. It's an opening track. It's sort of a pitch. Of, why you should listen to a white dude rap it makes very clear. Hey, everybody, if you didn't know, I'm a white dude. Um, and it explains what motivates him to do so. And then about halfway through the pitch, he explains that whether you listen to it or not, he's going to do it anyway, which we can relate to here on the record breakers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 2013, uh, the year where you can make a song called kill a hipster. Um, nothing that time stamps an album, like having a song, that is about and is titled with the word hipster, um, a detailed case against gentrification of our city neighborhoods. Um, it, it tries to make a joke about hipsters, uh, you know, taking over the song like halfway through. 
Um, but like all jokes, after you hear them like a couple times, uh, they become grating and unfunny. Um, and this joke was never funny. Um, but, uh, you know, I, you know, I guess three years, I, I, I need to look at this in a very three years ago way. Um, because like 2013 is probably the last time that, uh, you know, there was new material that was put down on pen and paper, uh, about, uh, hipsters, uh, recording for all time. The, 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 the book was closed. So like, you know, I, I, I guess I can't like burn it to the ground because of that. Um, but yeah, that was a song that stuck out in my multiple playthroughs. Um, and tiny glowing screens, number two, uh, this is the, uh, I'm 13 and this is deep track of the album. Um, and this is an album of I'm 13 and this is deep songs. Um, I'm pretty sure the subreddit is the... I'm 14. Give it the year. <laughs> I'm 14. Uh, and I'm sorry. R I, I should have fact checked. Now I'm the one that's bad. <laughs> um, you know, it starts out with a piano track straight in. Like it, it sounds much like a, a, a product launch video. Um, piano track. Uh, it's, uh, um, it, 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 it talks about how people have their noses in screens and how that's a bad thing. And I'm like, we are more informed than we have ever been in ever time ever, but you know, that's fine. Um, I, I, you know, I hope that this is like a social than every time ever, (laughs) but you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's if I, I assume that this is a stream of consciousness thing that, that just came out and, you know, got written down. But the fact that it made it past the cutting room floor kind of shocks me because, you know, it's like tracks like these, like they are destined for making somebody go as fast as they can to skip to the next track. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there is always the, the looming threat that I don't get it. Um, and, and this is one of those. I mean, it's not like anymore that you have a limited amount of, of platter to dig your groove into and make, you know, you've got a limited amount of, of, of tracks that you can put on an album. You can do whatever you want. Um, and uh, you can do whatever you want in making music the way you want to without worrying about me having to say anything and affecting anything in, in reality. But... I, I thought Tiny Glowing Screens number two was uh, was because I don't play the I'm going to skip this track game when I'm when I'm trying to listen to this album because we we are an album review show not a a, a few songs review show so you got to <laughs> digest this as a as a whole package and yeah. that that sort of was the was a speed hump in yeah. uh, this album yeah uh true. What would be the, some of the key tracks for you? Every time I say it, and I'm never going to stop saying it. Um, first, can't first stop song. Oh, can't stop, won't stop, won't stop the beat. Can't stop, can't stop. Um, no, it's <laughs> first track. Lay out what you are. Lay out what the album is going to be going forward. Um, Fireworks does that for me. Um, the the drum line outlining the beat. The good wordplay, the sound effects that happen right at the beginning of the record, um, and the bass line in the second half of the song is just something that's really, really cool and sort of gives you sort of that small taste of what's going to happen. Um, moral of the story, I love moral of the story. I don't know why I, I was going to pick either this or Strong as an Oak to talk about in this slot, because like 
they're both to me very like pump up songs after like a really like bad like busy downtrodden day at work when like you leave work and you're like ah fuck I'm glad to get out of there like that sort of moment um it's it's something that can get you out and like bring you back up not to mention moral of the story like feels like this weird like if I worked out which we can all see I pump iron all the time um (laughs) if I worked out this would be moral of the story would be a song that would be on my workout playlist like for sure um I got to bring up, Hey Asshole, uh, a female vocal can make or break a rap song. It can easily make or break a rap song for me. If a female vocal, a female hook is done badly, the song automatically dies for me. It just becomes damn near unlistenable, no matter how good the wordplay is, no matter how good the flow is, no matter how good the beat is. It just becomes something that, like, the thing that's supposed to hook you is a female vocal that's kind of crappy don't have to worry about that with kate nash um it's absolutely fantastic the slow beat mixed with watsky's sort of characteristic faster delivery style and like swagger was saying the staccato of it was really really kind of cool um and then i i wave if you're watching on youtube you know i waved my fingers earlier when swagger made the joke about drew doing the drew thing of talking about every uh song on the album and I put up my fingers and I wiggled four of them. Um, I got to talk about one more, which is cardboard the four horsemen. horsemen. Right. Exactly. Ric Flair. Woo. Okay. Um, (laughs) that was the worst woo Woo. I've ever heard, but I I love it. Look, I'm not coked up enough right now. Um, so got to get some color in this podcast. God, let me take my gig out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Your calm down, calm down. Like, Keep a cave, hey, brother. Keep a cave. I'm, <laughs> I'm totally Blanchard. I call that. <laughs> God damn it. Um, I mean, I'm Arn. Sure. <laughs> Derailing what I was going to say about cardboard castles, talking about old school wrestling. Somehow I'm okay with this. Um, something about the choir in cardboard castles was awesome to me. Um, like I've said before, a title track has to be really strong. And I think cardboard castles sort of outlines what Watsky, especially in this record is sort of all about. Um, it's, it's a fair mix of a nostalgia grab at what it used to be like to just be a kid and like not have any cares in the world. And, but also like the joy of like still having that in your back pocket, but understanding like that in adulthood there is hard work and like the hard work can also be a joyous and freeing experience and stuff like that which i like the track for that and sort of it frames what watsky sort of can be about and was very much about on this record so mm-hmm. um yeah let's bring it back around the horn can kind of give some conclusive thoughts uh brett what will be your conclusive thoughts on this album as a whole uh, there wasn't really anything here that, you know, grabbed me. I'm not someone who, you know, writes rhymes and I'm not saying I could do it better, but I didn't really think this was super great. Um, there's nothing here that was really groundbreaking. Doesn't substantially move the arts forward. Um, you know, someone surely poured their heart and soul into this album. Um, but it's all probably going to be forgotten by me. Um, you know, that is 
it's it's not garbage. <laughs> um, no, there was no uh, redheaded lead singers in this one. Nope. Thank you. Um, but uh, you know, we're back, baby. <laughs> your your mileage may vary. All we're we're, we're getting our shit in uh, once again. <laughs> Shtick never dies. Yes. Uh, Drew, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? Um, I, I'm a guy that likes cheesy, uh, poetry. I will make no bones about that. Um, I'm a poet that has written cheesy poetry. I'm a guy that enjoys cheesy poetry. I have books from, uh, I have books with Langston Hughes on the cover, um, who is, not so much a cheesy poet, but a a poet that everybody knows. The your Bradley Hathaways and stuff like that. And so I'm I'm okay with the cheese every now and again in my rhymed arts forms. Um, and that's kind of what Watsky is. Yeah, there's some snark and some I'm a white nerd, and that's okay to sort of deal with most of his stuff. Um, so I enjoy it. It's not. It's obviously not for everybody. Um, but I do think that. There is something here that whether you enjoy the lyrical content or not, it's just sort of cool that we have now, especially like on the Internet, like in like the underground music scene, we have a lot of people coming out in rap music with different voices than you got uh, from a lot of rappers before you sort of had to be hard like Eminem to make it as a white guy rapping. No, you don't have to be. You can you can be like, yeah, no, I'm I grew up in San Francisco as like a fucking nerd. Like and that's okay. So and the, the they, democratization of hip hop. Yeah. The the internet is a great equalizer. You get and you get both sides of that equalization coin in music. You get this type of hip hop which is a little more thought out and then you get uh Fetty Wap. Yep. But you know, things happen. Yeah. Breaking news. Um, in uh, on November, uh, in November of 2013, the uh, Van Warp Van's Warp Tour was briefly shut down after Watsky made a stage jump from a 35 foot high rigging during the band's performance in London. During the stage jump, the audience parted. Watsky and two audience members were injured. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's that is not the, fun. the cartoon of stage dives occurred. <laughs> that is exactly the cartoon. I, I almost like, got killed oh. in an ill-advised stage dive by P. Lander Yellow. So you know, I I saw I saw uh, we're not gonna catch this douche stage dive when a guy at the Misfit show almost knocked over Jerry Only's microphone, turned around, took off his tank top, had an Iron Eagle and. Uh, SS bolts on his back, then stage dove and like ever like everybody in the front row was like, uh nope. And he just fell and then ran so he didn't get caught by bouncers. So <laughs> I've seen that before. It doesn't end pretty. But it ends real funny. Yeah. It ends real funny. Uh yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah, bring her back around the horn. Uh, I will say I, I definitely enjoy this record as well. Uh, it it has a lot of fun moments. It's it's really I think well written. Uh, you know it's I I like a lot of the themes. It it kind of it's 
smart and emotional and, and works really well in that regard. It it does have those, like Brett said, the R slash I'm 14 and uh, this is deep <laughs> moments. Uh, but that's, you know, understandable. Uh, but, you know, it does re- deal with some, like, themes like depression and, like, uh, uh, and dealing with that and, like, uh, you know, kind of uh, some smart stuff and, like, uh, and it's a really well-made record and I enjoy it. Uh, Patrick, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? So I think we, we talked about it, but, like, we, we mentioned the time when white people rapping was not taken seriously. It was snow and vanilla ice and, like, that era because it felt forced, it felt fake, it felt disingenuous. Watsky feels genuine. This is a kid who grew up, happened to grow up in the burbs, but he grew up like a lot of people our age listening to hip-hop. I mean, the next album we're going to talk about, which I won't spoil, I'm, you know, obviously not the most, you know, known for my hip-hop taste, but it was probably one of the first two or three albums I ever bought, and it was a hip-hop record. You know, it was... Johnson. No, I'm teasing. The long tease. It's a tease. It's uh, going to happen at the end of this episode. It's yeah, not like yeah. Johnson Pool where you're a month later and it's like, oh, yeah, that thing I I'm, talked about like three weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm teasing eight minutes in the future, but uh, without <laughs> saying what it is, it, it's an it was one of the first things I ever bought, like music wise and, and has a spot in my heart. And if I had stuck with that genre, I could see, you know, if I was the sort of person who wrote shitty poetry, which I was at one point in my life and decided to make rap music, it might not be entirely unlike this. Um, I just, it, it feels genuine and real. And I like that we're in a world where, where as a genre, hip hop isn't, isn't at quite as tied to race as it was even, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. The, and you, you, it, I, I will say not to get into anything. You did, kind of, you did kind of like tread close to the uh, transcending race. <laughs> line. No, no, I don't think it's transcended. I think it it isn't. I think there is. It, it has grown big enough and wide enough that there's room for a lot of people in it. I'm not you know trying to take anything away from anyone, yeah. but I, I, it, it is. It has become a bigger, a big enough genre that you can have some real variety to the sort of people doing it. Whether it's, you know, George Watsky, you know, white, you know, white kid, uh, the Korean hip hop we've listened to before, yeah. the, you know, like there's, it, it's a genre now that lots of people can get into, and that's cool. Yeah. It's a genre that has a subsection filled with, as Alex Trebek would say, losers. losers. Yes, <laughs> suck it, Trebek. Yeah. God, that song was awesome. <laughs> yes. yes. Fucking love this. Shout God out to Megaran. Goddamn Megaran. Beautiful man. Beautiful, Mega beautiful Ram, man. Whitey Cracker, MC Hawking. Like, who all? Uh, on Samus it? was on it. Samus was on it. Yeah. Um, Dualcore was on it. Kind of wrapped that Ohio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all cool. Some Ohio boys. I can highlight of high, so far the highlight of my last couple of uh, treks to South by Southwest uh, music is the Nerdcore Showcase, uh, which I need to hit next year because I, I finally got to see Mega Ran a couple months ago, and uh, he has a great time. His he does this freestyle bit where people just whatever's in your pocket you hold up, strings it together, and it's amazing. So it's fun stuff. 
Uh, but yeah, those are our thoughts on, on Watsu's records. Now we get to the main event of the evening. We get to our haiku reviews. Uh, to kind of sum it all up in poetic form. Uh, Brett, I'll start with you. What is your haiku? Early teens hip hop. The functional word smithing. Did you notice he's white? <laughs> uh, Drew, what is your haiku? Smart fan friend hip hop from a humble starting point. Power of the net. Uh-huh. I'll start with mine. Uh, em- uh, I'll I'll follow up with mine. Uh, emotional hip hop with tons of wit and humor, swiftly delivered. Uh, and Patrick, what is your haiku? Ernest White Boy raps with great instrumentation, an album I love. Uh, yeah, and those are our thoughts on Watsy's Cardboard Castles. You can, of course, find it on our Spotify playlist, which now that I think about it, I gotta go make sure <laughs> is up to date. Uh, but I will do that. Uh, so you can, of course, find it on our Spotify playlist. On that same playlist should be uh, next week's record, and Better that one be. is <laughs> next week's record, uh, which will be provided by none other than Brett. Brett, what do you got for got for us next week? Well, we're going to be listening to an album that I'm sure all of us experienced when it happened. Uh, the album is totally crossed out by Chris Cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rapping styles of the, uh, late Mac Daddy and the still with us and Daddy, Daddy Mac. Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the still with us Daddy Mac. Uh, so look forward to that next week. It's going to be a fun discussion. Uh, but that's next week. And this is this week. You can, of course, find us all over the internet. Patrick is at Swagger. Brett is at Hibidibirbird, H-I-B-B-I-2-I-B-I-B-B-A-R-D. Drew is at Exclusive for X. I'm at PD Rave. The show is at Four Record Breakers. That's the number four Record Breakers. Recordbreakerspodcast.com. Recordbreakerspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Rebellion.net for this and other shows. Rebellion TV on YouTube and on Twitch. Uh, I'm going to try to be more consistent with, uh, with uh, some streaming. Uh, I got to check on some some settings to see if they work for the streaming but if i can get those working i'll do some streaming like uh and some like themed days i have a plan uh like music mondays like uh rhythm games every monday uh i just like i played a little bit of metronomicon which is actually a really cool rhythm game rhythm rpg (laughs) uh text bitch tuesday um uh, wacky open world tie a rock to a stick Wednesday uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know we'll, we'll see we'll see it might involve us uh, it might also involve a weekly edition of uh, some some of us and other people rolling dice and uh, pl- uh, shooting uh, magic missiles no but seriously text adventure Tuesday play some Zork that'd be the best <laughs> streaming game ever uh, either that or, or ta- Taco Tuesdays. Uh, look for that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, look forward to that. Uh, but that's it for us. Until next time, I'll still service.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>